Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Ketch. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from her classic TV shows of the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, along with my cohort here, yeah. our network chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, and uh, best of the season to you, Father. And to you too, Doug. And you know, Christmas is very important to Franciscans, and it was to Mother Angelica. And I can still hear within my memory Mother singing at the Midnight Mass, The child shall be king one day. You know, she would sing that with all of her heart, with her rich alto voice. And uh, she just had a great love for this season and for this uh, celebration. And Mother Vicar was there right with her, right? <laughs> That's right. With her beautiful she voice. She loved to sing as well. She did. She had a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. So some of our topics, pray for an enlightened conscience. Good time of year for that. Keep Christ in the workplace, always. We have forgotten whose birthday it is. Uh, that tends to happen. <laughs> and as Mother indicates, Jesus is coming, which, you know, coming in Advent, you know, we have to remind ourselves of the fact that Santa Claus isn't coming, but mm -hmm. Jesus is coming. Jesus right? is coming. And this is a story, of course, that Mother knew quite well growing up in a single family, a single parent home. And, you know, we discovered a letter that Mother wrote about Christmas about a year ago, one of the sisters sent this to me. And here's what Mother said. She said, I used to ask myself that very question when I was young. As a child of a single-parent family, Christmas was bleak, to say the least. My mother could never afford Christmas trees or gifts. We went to Grandma's for dinner and then came back to a cold apartment where my mother broke down in tears. The great feast of warmth, joy, and song was put in shadow by the reality of a lonely life a life of poverty and rejection, sadness and frustration. The saddest thing of all was that there was no hope that next Christmas would be any different. But then she went on to say how things changed and how she saw this because she came to a series of events that manifested God's love for her and that entering the monastery, she came to understand the divine infant came also in poverty and that he sent this message to me of his love for me. So I'd, it would no longer be a desolate loneliness, but an aloneness with the one I loved and who loves me. Right, and as you, you point out, and his mother so eloquently talks about it, the idea of so many people at this time of year with broken families mm -hmm. and things like that are not necessarily you know, right. feeling upbeat. I always try to address them sometime during uh, before Christmas or during the Christmas season, because I know there are many out there who are tuning into EWTN. Not necessarily a happy time, but it is to be alone with Jesus in his poverty. Well, I think it's great that EWTN and the Friars can be there and be the family for those people and remind them that Jesus is coming. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. This is such an honor to be uh, talking to you. Thank you. Um, and welcome back. Thank you. I am very, I feel very wonderful back. Oh, I think it, seeing you is like having Christmas start now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am a, a person who goes to confession um, at least uh, uh, twice a week, usually once a week, um, and I receive the Eucharist uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. I'm the mother of four children, 
the oldest is seven and the youngest is uh, going on two years old. Um, I just want to say that I was hoping you could give me um, guidelines as to um, bringing joy to my family as a mother during this Christmas season. I grew up uh, um, in a very uh, depressed home. Well, it was de- depressed on the holidays, um, <laughs> meaning my, 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 I had one parent who was always depressed, and I found it necessary to bring joy into the, into the holidays. Um, and whatever joy I brought, it was, um, I was criticized, and so I you know, became a perfectionist mm-hmm. and on and on. I, I know I'm, this is the Oprah Winfrey show, but that's sort of <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah. in a nutshell. So my, my uh, mother uh, basically turned her back on her family, taught us who were the good people and who were the bad people in the family and all. This persists, and, um, you know, I'm, I am living in Christ. I am, like, sh- shielding my children, sending them to, the, to an incredible Catholic school, um, um, uh, which is, is uh, well, I can't say enough about it. And um, they are truly living in the Lord. But I guess my question is, how would my mother fit into my Christmas environment now um, <laughs> with my children because of her bringing the depression and the sadness? Does she, does she live with you? No, she doesn't. She lives a few states away. All right, and, and she's not coming for Christmas, is she? Uh, well, she says that... Uh, she has to be part of the family, or I will not see the kingdom of God. What does that mean, though? Is she coming for Christmas? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she's not? No, she's not. And it's very hard for me to say, no, you're not coming. But I just say, oh, I'm just going to... Oh, no, I wouldn't feel guilty, honey. You're, you know, um, my own sweet mother was never happy on holidays. And I think some people just have a habit being unhappy on holidays. And and no matter what you do, you can't. I would not allow, uh, you, you should pray for your mother. Pray for her. But don't not, you, you belong, you have husband now, you have children. And what is your duty before God? That's what you gotta think about. You, you have to leave mother, father, brother, sister home when you're married. You now have a family. And that family must, and you're already doing it. You're, they're living a beautiful spiritual life. And have that Advent. See, we, we don't pay attention to Advent. Now, tell the kids, get ready. He's coming. He's coming. I, I, you have to say it in your heart every day. He's coming. But when you say that alone, you get excited. See? And, and every morning, you say, hey, kids, he's coming. And you say, who's coming, Mom? Jesus, Jesus is coming. That's how you keep that family filled of joy. I would pray for your mother, but you are obliged by the Lord. Now, to stay with your family, to keep your family in the right spirit, and and to feed your family with that Advent spirit. And moving ahead, we have a caller talking about conscience and mother talks about the idea of, of an enlightened conscience mm-hmm. that's an important distinction that is lost today in many cases isn't it father yeah so it's not just being driven around by your feelings but let my conscience be formed by truth and this person was suffering with a lot of debt 
And Mother had great confidence in Our Lady of Good Remedy. Why? Because she helped us, you know, and we were going through some financial difficulties at the network. The sisters started praying to Our Lady of Good Remedy, and she came through, and she was known. It's a devotion. Um, those who were raising money uh, to free ca- uh, Christian slaves, and so Our Lady of Good Remedy was this devotion. Right, and, and with this comes the idea of a discernment, which comes up in the discussion of understanding what is going on and what are the right things for mm-hmm. me to do when I have so many issues going on in my life, right? I like what Mother, just very simply, this is a good way to discern. She gives three points here about, is it for the glory of God, the good of my family? Is it good for me? And I think if viewers want to go into more detail, Father Gallagher's done a wonderful series on EWTN, Discerning the Will of God a book and a DVD that you can find on Religious Catalog if you want more details. Right, and it was a great book in the past that uh, the late great Father Dubay did as well. Mm -hmm. People could check that out. And you can pray for an enlightened conscience. We have another call. Hello? Hi. Hi. Where are you you from? Wisconsin. Good. And what is your question? Uh, I have a question and a a prayer request. Uh, My question is, um, I... I know my conscience and, uh, you know, the difference between good and evil and that. Mm-hmm. But when I pr- pray for guidance, I uh, I tend to get two answers, you know, uh, and, it's, and it's automatically, you know. I uh, say if I, I ask for guidance to do one thing, I'll, I'll get a, a yes and a no or a no and a yes, <laughs> you know. And it's, and it's very, I even pray for discernment. And... Uh, and also, I'm. I'd like to ask you for prayers. I'm, I'm neck high in debt. I'm laid off, and uh, I was wondering if you and your sisters could please pray for me for my uh, work and for my finances. I need, I need a miracle last week. Listen, you pray to Our Lady Good Remedy. Will you do that? You probably don't have a prayer to her, but she she will help you. Uh, she's very, it seems to be Our Lady Good Remedy's specialty. And you're having a hard time, and it's a hard time of the year. This is a hard time for everybody, for many, many people, especially the poor, especially the lonely. But we will pray for you. When we ask for discernment, we have to always be sure our conscience is an enlightened conscience. And I think... I feel yours seems to be enlightened. What does that mean? It means that our conscience is formed by the truth in the church, by the magisterium. If my conscience is formed by that knowledge, I will always make the right decision. A kind of rule of thumb, if you want, is a decision comes along and you say, is it for the glory of God? Number one. Is it for the good of my family? And is it for my good? And and I think when we do that, many times we'll say, well, I don't know. This decision, the wrong one, could really get me into trouble. I might be in the wrong company. So I I I would... Examine my conscience and see if I can, I can afford, if I have an enlightened conscience, to judge every decision on that level. Is it for the glory of God? Especially if we're looking at a job. 
if you're looking at a job when things are not right there, you can be pretty sure if you take that job, you're going to be in trouble or at least in danger of grave temptation. So judge everything by the glory of God, the good of your family, and your good. And is it going to help you in your quest for holiness? See? And then you will always discern. I would go before the Blessed Sacrament. You know, the Blessed Sacrament is our life. Our order is totally dedicated to the Holy Eucharist. And our sisters are before the Blessed Sacrament day and night to adore him, to love him, and to pray for all of you for him, to him. And we will pray for you, and I have the sisters to pray for your intentions tonight. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us over the break for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Kecht here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf and Mother talking about keeping Christ not only in Christmas but in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And to see the value of work. It's not in accord with our dignity to do nothing, right? Um, Tom Sawyer, there's that famous quote, I, I love work. I could watch it being done all day long, right? But that's not going to lead to... I'm not to painting <laughs> that fence. <laughs> that's not going to lead to growth in our own dignity. We develop skills, our personalities, reasoning. We contribute to the good of others. That's why we work, and we're grateful that we can work. And that's one of the things that I think sometimes gets lost in the world we have today is not appreciating that people need to work. They just mm -hmm. don't need to have sustenance, right. uh, have their needs met. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to feel like they themselves are part of that equation. That was a great gift to me that I'm thankful for more, working up and growing on the farm. You saw you were contributing to the welfare of the family. You're doing something, and you, you were growing personally, too. Absolutely. And I also think Mother talks about pruning in this, and she also brings up this wonderful point. She said, the Lord, he doesn't need to know what I do. You know what I do yeah. in a particular situation mm -hmm. with somebody at a workplace, which they're talking about. Maybe their boss doesn't appreciate what they're doing, but the Lord knows. And we can also pray for people who are working. I was driving yesterday on the back roads back home from Hansville, and this whole area had been re-asphalted. I prayed in Thanksgiving, you know, for the workers who had put that there. I pray for the people who've been working on our glass in the chapel and those sorts of things. It's a way we can sanctify the moments. Right, the undercoating on your car <laughs> uh, that was saved. Keeping Christ in the workplace. We have a call. Hello. Hello. Where are you from? Uh, St. Peter's, Missouri. Oh, great. What, what do you got? Uh, just a question. Good. Uh, you know, most people work eight hours a day. Yeah. And, and uh, how do you keep Christ in your, in your, in a regular working day job, when all it is is man hours? How to keep the man hours down, and uh, competition, and basically that. Well, in the first place, you have to realize that in an ordinary job, and 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 job you kind of describe, is in the world. And it has all the earmarks of the world. Competition, 
uh, you know, doggy dog, uh, just everything. And just like that checker, that girl that at the grocery store, um, she had a probably a hard day, and and uh, she forgot something. She forgot the love of Jesus. There was not that sense of presence in her heart and, that took her through the day. You see, I, I have to know why I'm working. First of all, God made us to work. That's a blessing. It's also a gift to work. The worst thing that um, some of the countries do in our country do in our relief services is we don't per permit people to work and you, you lose your dignity. See, it, God made us to work. So first of all, you go out in the morning knowing you're, you're participating in a gift from God. The ability to work. Now, your circumstances around you may not be ideal. People tell dirty jokes and they loiter and, you know, they're not there. Some people are not there because they want to really put in eight hours of work. The first thing they ask when you give them a job is vacation. Yeah. How often you get a raise? See, I'd say when you earn it, you get it. See? <laughs> So, so often we have to realize that one of the places the Lord prunes us the most is in the workplace. You spend, as you just said, eight hours a day there. And there's another element of pruning. Maybe your boss is not understanding, doesn't appreciate what you do. It takes a lot of, 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 of gearing yourself towards Jesus. And saying, Lord, he doesn't need to know what I do. You know what I do. He doesn't have to be grateful. You're grateful. If you hear a dirty joke, instead of participating and laughing and, and making him look like, well, I thought that's very funny, just make believe you're doing something else that you didn't hear and, and say, Jesus, I'm sorry that this has to go on here. I'm sorry your name is taken in vain. And inside you can make all these little darts. I call them darts, little ejaculations. I love you, Jesus. You open your desk drawer. I love you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus, that you have to suffer. And your whole day can become very spiritualized. Not pietistic, but spiritualized. And see, we have to do this in the world today because it's getting so rat race. It's getting so fast. It's getting so evil. And, 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 and the best thing you can do is really give your boss a, a good eight hours hard work. You don't need 12 coffee breaks, you know? And three smokes. See, this is, there's, a, there's an honesty about a Christian worker. I am paid for eight hours, I give eight hours. And, and that's true of vocations too. I got a vocation letter one time and the girl said, I'd like to know what your debt level is. <laughs> I won't tell you what I thought. <laughs> I mean, 
think you want to you follow the Lord, you don't say what's your debt level. <laughs> you take it debt and all. See? But the first thing is, you must know that work is a blessing from God, that is a gift from God, that you have to put something in your work that's not there because your work is in the world. You have to be the yeast in a dough that's getting very sour. It's not rising anymore. And you can do that. And closing out this program as we roll into Christmas, we have a topic of we have forgotten whose birthday it is. And that is a typical thing for this time of season, isn't it, Father? Yes, and it's a time for reconciliation, right? Reconciliation with God, reconciliation with others. I was thinking of this quote we have in our night prayer on Wednesdays, Ephesians chapter 4. The sun must not go down in your wrath. Do not give the devil a chance to work on you. Do you ever think of resentment, brooding, stewing, rehashing as a devil working on you <laughs> to bring about division, to bring about misery in your soul? Think about that the next time that you're resenting someone or unforgiving. Right, and I think we often realize that as much as we don't want to do that, it's also part of our human nature to react that way. I always quote St. Paul mm -hmm. with, you know, the coppersmith there who he wasn't too happy about, <laughs> this, you know. So, I mean, we all go through that, but we have to realize that we're really doing more damage to ourselves yeah. by kind of going over this stuff and, and continuing that resentment. Resentment is a poison we drink, hurting, hoping to hurt the other. It's a bad way to go. Right, absolutely. And Mother also points out as we go out on this that we're a little too materialistic at mm -hmm. Christmas. We have forgotten whose birthday it is. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hi, how are I you? I love you very much. Thank you. I watch you. a show all the time with my father. Thank you. You did write him a letter and you, and you wrote back. And um, I just want to tell you that I kind of have a problem. Mm -hmm. My sisters aren't speaking. They haven't spoken for a while now. And um, my older sister, who's 22, she's jealous of my younger sister, and they're not speaking. And I was wondering if there's anything you could do to try to get them to speak, because it is the Christmas season. I know. And I'm very upset about it. I, I think you probably have already talked to them. Maybe a little jealousy there. It's very hard. Uh, I, I would just pray, and I'll have my sisters pray for you and your two sisters. It is a serious thing not to forgive each other. It's a serious thing uh, to go to bed at night. Our Lord said we should forgive before the sun goes down. And a lot of people just have hard hearts, you know. And, and maybe they're just jealous of one another, or one is jealous of the other. Some kind of deep hurt, and hurts are hard to get over. And I think what they need most of all is prayer. And I would go, if you can, before the Blessed Sacrament. Go before Jesus. He forgave, and Our Lady forgave at the foot of the cross. You know, nobody thinks of Our Lady forgiving, but she had to forgive. When I, dear Lord, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, she had to say, yes, Father, forgive them. 
they don't know what they do. And you know, you might just go before the Blessed Sacrament and say to our Lord, my two sisters just won't speak to each other. Would you give them the grace and the light, the light to see how terrible it is not to speak to your own sisters around Christmas time? You know, we've become so materialistic about Christmas. I was glad to see at least some cards with the, with the baby and Our Lady and St. Joseph. We have totally forgotten whose birthday it is. It's just the kind of season you give gifts and you receive gifts. And the saddest thing of all, I think, is that we don't celebrate a birthday. Have you ever said to Jesus on Christmas Eve, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I bet you haven't. I bet you haven't even thought about it. But it's his birthday. So why don't you ask our dear Lord to give them the light to forgive? So as one family, you can sing happy birthday to Jesus. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.